0: And tell me what's a happenin'. This is the Pyrolight Fantasy Football Podcast, Episode 48, and we are rolling into Week Five of the 2016 season. This is Pyromaniac Mo coming at you, talking waiver wire streaming options, DFS, NFL, Vegas vibes, and more. You can follow me on Twitter at Pyromaniac Mo. That is all letters: P Y R O M A N I A C. M O. You can follow the whole wealth of podcasts that pyromaniac.com is delivering either on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and our beloved blog, Talk Radio. Today, ladies and gentlemen, you get me. Pyromaniac Mo going solo. Now, as always, the opening music can be heard in its entirety at the end. Just keep on listening once we're done with the fantasy football talk. You heard from The Word. I believe it was a self-entitled album. The song is called Joyful Sounds. Now, here's how the story goes. The Word, the, the main man there on the pedal steel guitar is Robert Randolph. Now, John Medesky from Modesky Martin & Wood, whom I've played before here on The Light, they had an album, or John Medeski was listening to an album called Sacred Steel, ep- volume 14 or something, but it was Sacred Steel, so basically pedal steel guitar players playing gospel songs. Now, Modesky was blown away by one man in particular, one player, and that was, of course, Robert Randolph. So he sent the track to his good friend, uh, Corey and Luther, Corey and Luther Dirksen, uh, they, of course, are from the uh, jam band, Southern Rock Band, the North Mississippi All-Stars. They, too, were blown away, the Dirksen boys. So, Modesky and the Dirksons piled into the car and they went to the church and they listened to uh, Robert Randolph. Of course, after uh, they went up, they approached him, they started talking, and, of course, the rest was history. They formed the word and that is what you heard. Uh, since then, Robert Randolph, of course, has gone on to Uh, Greater fame. He formed his own band called the Robert Randolph Family Band, and he was a, a mainstay on many jam band tours. So that was the word, Joyful Sounds. As you know, the wealth of pyromaniac podcasts are coming to you iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast, Attic, Blog, Talk, Radio, and to increase our. Uh, awareness or or listener awareness, to gain uh, visibility, as it were. We have been offering three limited edition Walter Payton sweetness posters. Now, these sweetness Walter Payton posters were uh, a limited run. This was done by a local Chicago artist. They only made 85 in Memory of the 85 Bears, Uh, they were all signed, and of course we were asking you to leave a review on any platform, take a screen grab of said review, and email it to us. Well, I'm here to announce the three winners. Of course, everyone is going to be emailed, but I thought it would be better just to let them know here and now on the podcast. As I said, I'm going to email everybody, but I want to tell you before I name the names, and to keep you in a bit of suspense, we are going to do this again. D-Rex and I are discussing the next option, the next prize, the next giveaway. Uh, there's some very cool stuff in the running, actually. So in the next podcast, uh, next week at this time, same podcast channel, I'm going to unveil uh, the next piece of incentive. But uh, it's all, you know, football, cool gear. Uh, and... As per usual, we're going to do the same deal. You leave us a review in any format. You take a screen grab and email it to me, Mozambique at Pyromaniac.com. That is M-O-Z-A-M-B-I-Q-U-E at Pyromaniac.com. My email can be found on my Twitter account. Again, that is just uh, at PyromaniacMo. Now, use the subject Podcast review, so I will see it. Uh, We do email folks saying that we did receive it. And if you want to get it in now without even knowing what it is, just trust me that it is cool NFL goo that uh, we will use for the next incentive piece. Go ahead. Start those emails uh, coming. And if you've already left a review... Get creative, baby. Go find another email, uh, convince a loved one to enter for you, steal their phone, blackmail, whatever it takes. Get in another review, and you will be eligible for the next uh, prize giveaway. So without further ado, the three winners of the Walter Payton Sweetness Limited Edition Screen Print Poster. James Montoya, a man named Morty, and last but not least... Dum-ba-da-bum. Tyler Held. So of our three winter winners, James Montoya, Morty, and Tyler Held. Congratulations, boys! Uh, in fact, here is the review from James himself, better known as the Monty Father. He says... Pyro. These guys offer some deep insight as to why they like who they do each week and what changes you need to know each week. Don't let the three-hour length scare you. They need all the time they have, and you would be missing out if they cut it just one hour short like most other podcasts. In addition to FF advice, they have hooked me up with some great new beers to try, as they always mention them, what they're sipping on, and will bring the laughs with all the wall Humor, with off-the-wall humor. Do not sleep on the Pyro podcast light as a high-level FF player. This is by far the best pod I use all year long. That's from the Monty Father. Thank you, gentlemen, ladies, what have you. Once again, the winners, James Montoya, Morty, and Tyler Held. Let's kick things off with the Vegas Vibes. Last week, I listed the top scoring offenses and uh, even listed the bottom of the barrel just to let you guys know you know which teams you want to get ownership of, play those guys in, which teams you perhaps don't unless they are studs. This week, before we get into the Vegas Vibes, I just want to talk uh, funnel defenses. I've been seeing this term all over, people talking about funnel defenses. Uh, that is to say... Teams that are significantly better against the run, defenses that are far better against the run, but vulnerable to the pass. So such defenses may actually, you you may feel as though they are better uh, all around just because they're so good against the run. So that might elevate them or, or offset it a bit in your mind, or even statistically, but they are very vulnerable against the pass. And of course coaches know this, so they often Uh, increase the passes against these teams. We've got, and ironically, now there's even uh, the Lions, you might even toss in there, but uh, the big six are, interestingly enough, all playing each other this week. You've got the Jets at the Steelers, Giants at the Packers, and the Bucks at the Panthers. I think I'm going to talk a little bit about the passing games of each of these as I've got players that I'm going to mention. But essentially, if you are playing... Jets, Steelers, or playing against the Giants, or the Packers, or playing against the Bucks, or the Panthers. Uh, this should be a tough road to hoe if you got a running back going against them, but uh, better times for your wide receivers and perhaps, you know, uh, by association, the quarterbacks. Oh, not the last time you're going to hear me mention the funnel defenses, so I just wanted to essentially let you know what the uh, definition is. Once again, teams that are better against the run and then the defenses that are not as good against the pass. Let's turn over to Vegas and see what they have to say. Uh, Now, you know every week I'm running down the big plays from Vegas because I think there's going to be big plays, lots of scoring opportunity depending on what they have to say. The largest Over-under of the week, so I expect a lot of big plays here. There's only one game expected to go over 50 points, and that is the Chargers are visiting the Raiders. 50.5 is the over-under. Lots of scoring there. Uh, I've also got for the second-highest over-under of the week. 48.5, and that's the Jets at the Steelers. Of course, both of these are funnel defenses. So good passing to be had there. Lots of scoring, as is the Chargers and the Raiders. The lowest over under the week. So perhaps uh good if you're playing defense. Maybe even a a running back or two could have a bounce back game, maybe for Gurley, because we got the lowest over under the week. It's the only one under forty points. That's the Bills at the Rams. Now You're really paying attention to the the big scoring ones. As I said, Chargers, Raiders, Jets, Steelers, big scoring expected in both those games. You can break it down even further. Highest implied team total, which you can do the math, you can figure it out. Uh, Essentially, you just take the um, over, under, and then you divide by two, and then you take the spread, divide that by two, and you add... Half the spread to the favored team, and you subtract half the spread to the underdog. And that's how you get the implied total. So, the highest implied team total of the week is the Patriots, of course, 28.5. They are visiting Cleveland. You know, Vegas tends to love the Pats, uh, so that, to me, seems to be a little inflated. I don't have any data to necessarily back that up, but it just seems as though um, the public loves them. Uh, Vegas seems to love them, but anyway... I digress, just saying, Pats, 28.5, um, biggest spread of the week as well. So not only are the Patriots expected to score the most points of the week, 28.5, according to Vegas, they're expected to beat their team by the most points. What does that suggest? Lots of scoring, and they're going to be up, well, that suggests positive game script, that suggests a run, or a run game, right? A positive game script, I'm going to talk about Blunt a little bit later. Um, other high-implied team totals of the week, we got Pittsburgh at 27.75. They are home to the Jets. The Packers, 27.5. Home to the Giants. And then the Raiders, 27. Home to the Chargers. Are you catching a theme there? The home team. So we've got Vegas uh, liking the Patriots to score a lot. Pittsburgh Steelers to score a lot. The Packers... And the Raiders. You're going to hear me talk about guys from uh, all those teams here coming up. As I said, the largest spread of the week: uh, Patriots at the Browns. That's 10 points. Again, uh, with that high implied team total for the Patriots, lots of scoring could be a blunt game. Going to talk about it. And then the second highest spread of the week is tied. We actually have two games where the over, or I'm sorry, where the spread is expected to be seven points. That's the Jets at the Steelers. The Steelers are favored by 7. And then you got the Giants at the Packers. The Packers are favored by 7. Interesting names to watch and teams to watch. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about those games, or at least players from those games, coming up in just a moment. Uh, before we do, though, i got a little trivia question for you to think about. Number one. Trivia number one. Now, we know, unfortunately for many, that Fitz Tragic has tossed the most interceptions in the league so far. The boy has 10. Well, which quarterback is just two interceptions behind him? Don't hear as much about this, hear a lot about Fitz, just because they basically came, what, two of them came in, or six of them, I think, came one game. Uh, Eight of them came in two, something like that. So you don't hear about the number two, the guy who's thrown um, the second most interceptions. Tell me who that is. After you listen to a few things, first, stop on by pyromaniac.com. We're ramping up the content. We have uh, new weekly pieces this season, including off the top of our heads. We got the injury report, we got weekly matchups, plus the articles and charts you know and love targets, touches, and looks, pyro power rankings, weekly pickups, uh, so much more. We've got the videos that I've been doing with the practice reports. We've got a lot of new writers in the mix. We're doing the top positional weeks, which I always love. Uh, it's an exciting time here at Pyromaniac. Just stop on by to pyromaniac.com. I will be back. Tell me who has thrown the second most interceptions behind Fitz Tragic in just one moment. Welcome back by Romaniacs. I asked the first trivia question thus far, and that was Fitzpatrick has tossed the most interceptions in the league. He's tossed 10. Tell me who has thrown the second most. The answer Jamias Winston. One to Atlanta, one to the Rams. He threw two to Denver, and four picks to Arizona in week two. So Jameis Winston has tossed eight. Don't hear as much about that um of course Tampa Bay just want to say right quick uh you know we've got some horrific weather going on in that part of the country so uh, thoughts and prayers going out to everybody stay safe out there i did see um in the prelude before uh, the hurricane, I saw some you know, crazy surfers out there. Reminded me of a time when I went surfing for the first time ever, self-taught, had one of those foam longboards, Ocean Beach, San Diego. Now, I grew up on a lake, and so, little caveat here, on a lake, when you have a wetsuit, the, the zipper goes in the front. That's what I was used to. So anyway, I'm walking out, surf's rolling in, uh, I, I see this clan-like mentality between the surfers this tribal sort of uh, ritualistic manly kind of thing i'm a little nervous about this Do, am i going to be accepted am i one of them uh, Do they see through my facade so i'm walking out and one surfer's uh, coming out of the waves and he's kind of smiling at me you know nodding a little bit and i'm thinking to myself hey i'm in I'm one of them, right, I'm accepted, Uh, little do they know this is my first time, Uh, they don't know I'm a a rookie, don't know I'm a greenhorn, and you know, we're approaching each other, nodding, kind of smiling, I'm thinking to myself, yep, all right, kid, you got it, you got it, and so we we cross paths, he's walking out, and I say, what's up, man, what's up, hey, bro, your wetsuit's on backwards, and I, all I could muster was, hang 10, and then I ran down the beach as, as fast as I could trying to get out of there. So, uh, without uh, too much embarrassment, I think I got out of there. did end up going, and it had a wonderful time. Uh, but, you know, um, clearly was not one of the guys on that day. Let's get back to football, shall we? Uh, we just talked the Vegas vibes, so now let's do some streaming. No matter who you are, at one point in the season, you know, there's a few quarterbacks out there that you may just start week in, week out without thinking about it. Maybe a tight end or two, uh, but you know, injuries happen, bad matchups happen, and especially with the quarterbacks, but the tight end defense, these are the positions that you can certainly stream and do very well uh while you stream. So we look at NFL fantasy, so fantasy.nfl.com. I want to see you guys that are 50% available. Uh, I do this after the waiver wire. So I check. These are um, updated Friday. Today, uh, October 7th, going into week five. So this should be right now. These guys are at least 50% available. We try to give you a few just in case every team or every league is different. Before I name the quarterbacks, but if we can review through four weeks, I'm tracking this. I'm going to track this as we go. I want to do that fishbowl, let you know how I'm doing. Uh, Through four weeks, these guys were all 50% available at the time. Stafford week one, Matt Ryan week two, and then I did a double Flacco party. Now, last week, Flacco was uh, 20 points, so I had a good week last week. If you added up all my points, Stafford 26.1, Matt Ryan 25.8, Flacco 11.8, and 20 last week. Add all that up, 83.7. If you took my suggestions and ran with my streaming quarterbacks right now, your quarterback would be tied with Drew Brees for second place. You heard it here. My streaming quarterback calls good enough for second place, tied with Drew Brees, 83.7. So this week, I've got a couple names I'm going to toss out. And then as usual, I give you my one, my one pick uh, that I'm going to go with. Now, the first one I'm going to toss out here. And by the way, once I get down to DFS, uh, some of the DFS obviously are not available, but for those of you that don't play DFS, once I get there, don't turn the pot off. Uh, Just because it's DFS doesn't mean that's not applicable. It totally is. A lot of misconception on DFS. They think, you know, it's all about getting the bottom dollar price. If your guy scores more than my guy, no matter what they cost in DFS, it's still done on points. It's the same concept, except because you're not drafting against other people. You can't take just the best no matter what. So the strategy comes in. You get a limited amount of money to spend. They set the prices ahead of time, and you got to spend within your budget. Still, you're trying to put together... The most powerful team, the highest scoring team. So a lot of the stuff we talk in DFS here on the Pyro Light is still applicable. Transfers over, so I might name a quarterback in DFS. Heck, if he's available, and I like him in DFS, if he's available for streaming, go with him. Uh, I'm going to start off with Simeon. Now, Mr. Trevor, available 84% of NFL Fantasy Leagues. Banged up a bit, his non-throwing shoulder. Should be good to go, that's what they are talking I don't really love him um, because of the shoulder injury right now. It is non-throwing, but, you know, didn't get in a full week of practice. However, he's got six games. I mean, this is a great matchup this week. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but just with that shoulder injury, if worse came to worse, I'd, I'd roll with him for sure. Um, but in the next six games before they're by, Denver faces Atlanta, San Diego, And then they have Houston. That's their only toughie. San Diego again. Oakland and New Orleans. Those defenses should scream at you. Uh, Good play for offense. Good play for quarterbacks and wide receivers. I'm going to say it again. Atlanta, they've got this week second most yards to opposing quarterbacks. Most touchdowns given up to opposing quarterbacks. And according to 4 for 4s, schedule-adjusted fantasy football points allowed their 31st against the position i'm going to reference this quite a bit the schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed uh 444 does a great job with that essentially you know if you look up on ff today which we often use as well they're just going to tell you how many points the team has scored well if you've got a team that's going up against a terrible defense and that quarterback scores you know 20 points and then you've got a quarterback going up against a powerhouse defense and that quarterback scores 20 points the guy who went up against that powerhouse D had a better performance just because he did it against a tougher defense so four for four takes that into account it's really accurate when using this for fantasy so i'm going to reference often the schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed that's four for four uh as i said atlanta who they have this week they are 31st against uh, the quarterback, San Diego, who they have next week, has given up fifth most yards to the position. Week after that, week seven, Houston, that is the toughest matchup they face in the next six, or the next six that Simeon will face. After week seven, Houston, so again, right leading up to it, you got Atlanta, and then you got San Diego going San Diego again, week eight, again, fifth most yards to quarterback so far. Then you've got Oakland, ranked 25th in schedule adjusted to the position. That means, what, well, only seven uh Defenses giving up more points to the quarterback. And then you've got the most passing yards surrendered from that is Oakland. And then, last but not least, right before the bye, you've got New Orleans, fourth most yards thus far to quarterbacks. Lord knows, last year, uh, 45 passing touchdowns surrendered, most in NFL history. Not much has changed. They're all banged up or young or newbies there for the Saints. Whew. Poor Narlins. Now, Simeon, like I'm going forward, I I would be fine playing him this week. However, if you can get Wentz, Wentz is going to be my guy. Carson Wentz, you're going to hear me talk. A lot of Philly players today. He's available in 43% of leagues. Travels to my beloved Detroit Motown Lions. Now, only one team besides the Lions have given up more than their 12 passing touchdowns. I say with a heavy heart. Uh, so far, they've seen Aaron Rodgers, who scored 26.4 fantasy points. Understandable. Luck rang their bell with 33.5. Okay, I get it. Brian Hoyer nearly put up 20 points, put up 19.8. And freaking Mariota, who is not having the season we hoped, he put up 16.6 against the Lions. I think Wentz can do some damage. Every single quarterback that uh, the Lions has faced thus far has either tossed two touchdowns in a game or four touchdowns in a game. They only have one pick so far through four games. Hell, from a quarterback streamer, I'm going to take all those stats. In that uh, schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed, Detroit ranks dead last versus the quarterback. You also have, uh, finally, the last one here. Philly is giving up the second most NFL points per game. Or I'm sorry, Philly is putting up putting up the second most points per game. I'm talking NFL points. They're just scoring. They're scoring a lot. And I want pieces of offenses that score a lot. And they're going against a fast paced Detroit team, Detroit team that's giving up the 13th most NFL points per game. So thus, we're going to have a lot of scoring here on the Philly side, I believe. Hopefully on the Detroit side too. But that's why I like Wentz a lot this week. Now... I've got Simeon Wentz is my official call. I also like Bradford. I think he's a good grab going forward. We've seen the chemistry. He's starting to develop. Norv Turner, offensive coordinator there. Now he's got a tough matchup. Does Bradford this week against Houston? But if you're looking for a silver lining, if you have to go this week, because Bradford's available in a ton, if you have to go this week, I will say Diggs, Minnesota's best wide receiver, has a favorable matchup. According to PFF, he. And Rudolph have very good matchups this week. Now, Rudolph, Lord knows he's been spreading his wings and learning to fly. But uh, Houston, not only does the Diggs have a good matchup, does Rudolph have a good matchup against Houston? But according to Football Outsiders, right, they rank, uh, not fantasy necessarily, but they rank how a defense does against wide receiver number one, how a defense does against uh, tight ends. Wide receiver number two. And then they put together wide receiver number three. Okay, so that, or I'm sorry, they put together something called wide receiver other. So that would be threes and and guys off the bench, right? Anybody who's not the tight end, anybody who's not number one and number two. So according to football outsiders, in just football terms, Against the number three, Houston ranks 25th, so there are only seven teams worse. are giving it up more, according to football outsiders, uh, to such receivers. So not bad if you have to do it with Bradford. Like him a lot more going forward. He's available in a ton of leagues. If these guys aren't available, certainly you got Flacco. He's always got a decent floor, um, and the guy I'd roll the dice on is Hoyer against Indy. Now keep an eye, um keep an eye open. Everybody and their mother is banged up for Chicago. But if Alshon goes and Miller goes, those are the ones I'm really looking for. If Alshon goes and Miller's a go, I think Hoyer could be a decent play against a vulnerable defense this week. It's a big league out there, so I'm trying to name as many as possible. Again, my official pick is going to be Wentz. I do like Simeon going forward. I think Bradford's going to be great going forward. You've always got Flacco. And uh, the last one I mentioned there is Hoyer. All right, let's roll over to the tight end spot. Pardon me while I Valverde, my centennial from Founders Brewery. Uh, we can Review. Talking tight end, not doing as good against uh, with the tight end streamers, doing far better with the quarterback. But tight end hanging in there, streaming and yeah, 14th best, so just behind Jason Witten. If you were rolling out my tight end picks again, available in 50% of NFL fantasy leagues, you'd have the 14th best. Number two for quarterback, or at least tied for number two, 14th for tight end. Whom am I picking this week? Let me Valverde this. Oh, baby. I'm gonna pick Virgil Green this week. Available ninety-eight percent of leagues now. Mr. Green needs to be cleared for sure. They're gonna they said they're gonna clear him on Saturday or make the decision Saturday, but should be good to go. He's returning to the field. Denver is home. They face Atlanta. Now Atlanta has allowed five tight ends to score through four games. Uh, according to FF today, no team has allowed more fantasy points to the tight end position then Atlanta. He's going to be my go-to guy if he goes. Now, all you got to do, follow me on Twitter, pyromaniac PyromaniacMo. Um, also, if you are a pyro pro, we're going to let you know with the news feeds, certainly about Virgil Green if he is a go. If he's not, or if he's not available, but like I said, 98% availability. But just tossing out another name or two for you. I also like Breit and we'll tie both guys are readily available i'm gonna talk bright later that's gonna be one of those instances where i like him in dfs i'm gonna talk about him in dfs but again don't be confused those of you that don't play fantasy just because i'm talking about him in dfs everything still applies it's just you have to you know um, select a team within a certain amount of money that's it so obviously there's more to it for dfs players but those of you non-DFS players, you can still get the knowledge there. So I'm going to talk Bright later, but Will Ty, Larry Donnell, did not practice all week. The man's going through con- uh, concussion protocol. Fantasy owners have long loved Ty's ability over Donnell, um, although they're visiting Lambeau. I could see this one going into a shootout. I talked about this game earlier, um, Sunday night. Lights on, America's watching. I can totally see Eli keeping up here. You got a 48 over under. So Vegas expects this to be high scoring. They expect Green Bay to win by seven points. So the spread is favored Green Bay by seven. Thus, the Giants are going to need to pass if they want to stay in this one. It's called a negative game script. So we know on the other side of the ball, Green Bay, Rogers seems to have found his groove back, and if Eli and company want to stay in this, they're going to have to step it up and go toe-to-toe. Now, I'm going to talk uh OBJ getting back off the schneid a little bit later, but... uh You know, the better an offensive teammate does, there's a misconception here. If you've got a really good one player, you don't want to play uh, someone else. If I'm playing a tight end, maybe I don't want to play wide receiver or vice versa or running back and wide receiver. That's malarkey. And I don't mean the the smash mouth man. I mean, there's only a 0.07 percent correlation if you start two guys off the same team from different positions, and that's off the all 32 teams. you got to imagine if you're going for the right teams, if you're going for the right games, there is no negative correlation. In fact, it's helpful. Every time the other guy crosses uh, the the first down marker, you've got extended plays. Every time the other guy gets into the red zone, now you've got a chance to score. So just because I do think OBJ is going to have a good game, I still think Will Ty is going to have a great game, especially if Donella's out, and I'm expecting him to. He did not practice all week long. So let's look at the game itself. I believe the last two seasons, Eli is second in red zone attempts. Uh, I think only um, Mr. Rogers himself, who he's playing against, has more red zone pass attempts the last two years. Under Ben McAdoo, Eli has markedly improved in most of his stats, certainly his passing efficiency his completion percentage. Now, let's remember, McAdoo comes from Green Bay. We talk all the time about a revenge narrative. Well, I think the same can certainly be said for coaches. They want to get revenge and do well in their old stomping grounds just as much as the next guy, and certainly that's going to apply to McAdoo. Now, on the side of the ball, McCarthy, he's been known to take his foot off the gas. So Vegas expects Green Bay to get up by seven. Vegas expects him to score a lot of points, McCarthy takes his foot off the gas. Eli's going to toss it. They're going to stay in it. And you know, McAdoo is going to want to do well in his old uh, stomping grounds in Wisconsin there. Could easily see this game script going that way into a shootout. And once again, Virgil Green's my official. Follow me on Twitter or uh, check your Pyro Pro account just in case he's not able to go. Uh, I like Cameron Brait, who I'm going to talk about later, and then Will Tye. Defensive streaming, again, 50% available. If you were to stream my calls through weeks one through four, you would be tied for 10th best defense with Atlanta. Now, this week, I've been sitting on the fence. I've been going back and forth. Pittsburgh, 61% availability. This is probably a chalk play. Uh, they're at Pittsburgh's at home. As I said, 61% available. They're facing the Jets. Fitz, tragic, nine interceptions. I think I said eight earlier, but I do believe it is nine interceptions in the last two games. Uh, last two games, he has a total of 6.6 fantasy points. Nine interceptions in the last two games. Correction from earlier. I believe I said eight. And 6.6 fantasy points in two games, for goodness sakes. And this is why a ton of people are going to be on Pitt. Uh, Pitt is a powerful player. Uh, Team against the run, but as I said, they're one of the funnel defenses. They're susceptible to the pass. That could work uh, in Pittsburgh's favor, as they—I'm sorry—that could work, uh, yeah, in Pittsburgh's favor, as they might invite passing and errors, like we've seen Fitz do. If Pittsburgh is indeed up, um, uh, the Jets see that they can't run against them. They're going to start to throw. And that's when the goodness happens for defensive, right? You want interceptions, you want sacks, you want fumbles, you want forced errors, and Lord knows Fitz can do that. He's got that D-gap attitude, right? He's a gunslinger, and and that's what's gotten into uh, some hot water recently is that gunslinger mentality. Another one I like, as I said, the chalk play is Pittsburgh. Everybody seems to be on that, but you know what? I really think everybody's going to be on that just because of what's happening to Fitz lately. That can't continue. I'm going to say, this is my team. 91% available. Call me crazy. This is Miami. So James Brown, I don't know crazy, but I... Or no, I ruined it. I'm rewinding. I don't know karate, but I know crazy. Miami, 91% available. Home to the Titans, Tennessee, Tennessee. Take me back to Tennessee to the start of the season. Let's see if we can't turn some stuff around here. Come on, boys. Tennessee is tied with the Bears for putting up the fewest NFL points. 62 points. That's all they've scored in four freaking games. Uh, The highest game they've put up thus far was 20 points. Besides that, it's been 17 five interceptions thus far from Tennessee, six fumbles thus far, three of which have been lost, and on the other side of the ball, Miami, who is my defensive official pick of the week, Miami, only three teams have caused more forced fumbles than the Dolphins. The Dolphins have double-digit sacks. Only seven teams have racked up more. Now, combine that, with uh, a continuous low score, the Titans seem to put up. And I think you got a sneaky pick up here. Dolphins allowing just 3.7 yards per carry. Only nine teams allowing less through four weeks. So, doggone it, I'm going Miami, man. Miami is my official pick. We'll see how I do next week. And before we get there, I want to give you trivia question number two. Let's talk a little positive touchdown regression shall we folks there are a handful of pass catchers that have been targeted in the red zone at least eight times that's the most uh, red zone targets thus far in the league in fact there are six different pass catchers that have been targeted at least eight times in the red zone however just one just one of those have failed to score again six different guys have collected Eight targets in the red zone thus far. That's the most in the NFL. Only one of those guys has not scored a touchdown. Can you name that pass catcher? Think about that as you listen to this, and we will be right back. All right, pyromaniacs! the season is here. In order to dominate your league, become a Pyro Pro. You can join for just a week, a month, or a full year. Give it a try. I've been seeing more and more tweets uh, about people being on Pyro Pro and liking what they're getting and dominating because of Pyro Pro. Guys, I'm not kidding you. Give it a try. We This is a phenomenal deal for what you get tons of news feeds rankings which include the heat index which is our ranking system you can see uh, a few every week but you can get the whole gamut we rank a ton of guys Uh, you get access to the resource toolbox and of course access to the mindshare you can ask us questions we are great at getting back to you um, second Opinions is where you get to ask us questions. Ask us as many as you want. Uh, plus, we're starting to really ramp up the news feeds, like I said. Now, the news feeds, they not only give you interesting stats, and, of course, uh, up to uh, the most recent information, particularly you know if a guy's not starting or if a guy's not playing, but we also give you something called the Fantasy Goop. So it's our spin on it. For example, if we give you a stat uh, about... So-and-so is playing a cornerback that's given up the most uh, points per route. We might give you a stat uh, that says, uh, on the other side of the ball, or, uh, uh, fantasy goo. On the other side of the, the field, the other cornerback is only allowed this many. So uh, the guy that you're targeting right now is player X. So we give you the info, and then we tell you what to do with it. That's at pyromaniac.com. Become a Pyro Pro now. Going back to trivia question number two, here's what I asked. We're talking positive regression here. we got six players, pass catchers in the NFL, that have been targeted eight times in the red zone. However, one of those pass catchers has not come up with a touchdown. Can you tell me who it is? A guy I was on, I believe, last week. Still gonna, still like him because I want positive regression to happen. I mean, statistics say he's gonna come back to the mean. That's the Chargers, Terrell Williams, four thousand seven hundred on DraftKings. It's a good plan DraftKings again. Only over under, only game expected to score more than fifty points. Chargers, Oakland, and Terrell Williams, baby, four thousand seven hundred on DraftKings. He's been targeted eight times in the red zone. Nary a TD. I expect that to change. Next, we've got our pick and flick. Now, the pick and flick. This is waiver wire pickups, again, that you can pick up right now and flick into your lineup. We're talking guys that are 50% available, and I'm talking wide receivers and running backs. So, let's just kick it right off with a week in review for the running backs. How have I been doing at this stage of the game through four weeks? Through four weeks, I've got 70 FF points. So, if you were picking up my running back and plugging him into your lineup again every single week, the guys I'm selecting are at least available in 50% of leagues. If you were to follow me, pick up my running back suggestions and flick them into your lineup, you would have running back number six right behind D'Angelo Williams. whoo baby. Doing good at the running back and the quarterback spots here. Now, this week, got a couple names for you. One, a guy I talked about last week, Dixon. I hope you grabbed him. He is honestly, he's still readily available. So if you didn't get him, I think you should get him now. Uh, they cut for a set, as you know. They don't seem to like Buck Allen. He's been healthy scratch numerous times. I really believe that they want Dixon to be the ball carrier. Remember, Dixon. He was touted as the best pass catching back coming out this year from college. He's united with arguably the best pass catching running back. Coach in offensive coordinator Mark Tressman. However, I'm probably keeping him on the bench for this week. Just want to see how he does. West had a good game last week. I want to see how he fits in. I don't know if Dixon is necessarily 100% ready to go, but I'm going to keep my eye on him and I want him on my team. Another guy I want on my team that could have a great game this week Mr. Bilal Powell, roughly 50% owned. Starting to use him more and more as Forte is starting to wear down more and more. Going forward, I think um, you're not going to see him 50% available. Uh, People are starting to to catch up on him. He was drafted in a ton of leagues, dropped after we all saw Forte, who never used to be efficient in the red zone, get the red zone carries. However, Forte's body's breaking down on him a little bit. Belal Powell's starting to get more and more involved, and, of course, he makes his butter in the red zone, or at least uh, I should say coming out of the backfield. Coming out of the backfield, uh, catching passes. That's where Paul Powell's the most powerful. So who do they play? They, place, they play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is good against the run. Funnel D, not as good against the pass. In fact, if you look at receiving yards, given up to backs coming out of the backfield, catching passes. Pittsburgh has surrendered 318 receiving yards to running backs. No other team in the NFL has given up more yards to backs coming out of the backfield than Pittsburgh. Bilal sees them this week. Um... Pittsburgh also only has given up two receiving touchdowns as well to running back coming out of the backfield. That's what Bilal Powell does, and he's facing a team that easily gives it up. That is Bilal Powell. So I mentioned Dixon, although keeping him on my bench, that I mentioned Powell, guy I think you can indeed pick up and play. Dare I say pick and flick into your lineup. The man I'm rolling with, I would be willing to bet, he is available in your league, 92% available. That is one DeAndre Washington. Talking Oakland. Latavius Murray's already been ruled out. T. Jones, Taiwan Jones, he's been limited in practice. He's officially listed as questionable. He hasn't had—I mean, he's had one carry, I believe, this season. So DeAndre Washington is the man. Just hasn't gotten the the workload because Murray has been there. This is a situation where it's going to be opportunity high-scoring game against San Diego, and DeAndre's his slice of the pie just increased, what with Murray being out. DeAndre Washington, Oakland. DeAndre's averaged over six yards a carry in his last three games. Now, granted, it's a small sample size. He's only been getting about seven to eight looks per week. But knowing that Latavius is out, knowing that his usage will spike, knowing that Oakland is at home, to San Diego. Uh, Knowing this team's expected to be a big scoring game for over 50 points, so says Vegas Raiders themselves have an implied team total of 27. So yeah, I'm taking DeAndre Washington all day long. Turning to the wide receiver position. Again, 50% available as of today. So waiver wires have already processed and gone through. These are guys you should be able to get right now. Going to name a few for you. Before I do, let's do the week in review through four weeks. Through four weeks, I'm at 58.6 fantasy points. That would be wide receiver 19, just ahead of Sterling Shepard and behind Terrell Pryor. So, through four weeks, again, 50% available. I'm picking a wide receiver two, which I'm totally happy with. I think I'm getting spoiled because I've got the number two, or tied for the number two quarterback, and I believe I was number six on. Uh, the running back spot just behind D'Angelo Williams, but I'm going to take up number 19. Heck, that is wide receiver two territory. Now, as I said, just ahead of Sterling Shepard, right behind Terrell Pryor, whom I want to say I did mention last week. Uh, but he <laughs> Terrell did better than my official pick. My official pick last week was Terrell Williams. He's the guy I think is going to have positive regression, so I still like me some Terrell Williams. Uh, Tossed out some good names last week. Hopefully, those were the ones that were available to you. But I'm being honest here, right? I've got one official, and then I try to give you a few. Same deal here. Wide receiver going into week five. Steve Smith, according to NFL.com, is literally available in 50% of leagues. I don't understand how that's possible. But if he's out there, heck, I'm grabbing him. Tough matchup this week against Washington. Could see a lot of uh, Josh Norman there. But he's the guy you want going forward. Um Looking at this week, though, especially, Anunwa, if he's still available, I think that's a great play. Of course, he is listed as questionable, but we know Decker is indeed out. Uh, They've got a wide receiver four there, Jalen Marshall. He is doubtful. So lots of guys banged up and hurt. Uh, Anunwa, as I said, he is questionable, but according to Rotowire, quote, his knee is not considered serious by the team, and he should play. So again... Noonwa, well, yeah, questionable, but supposed to go. So says Roto Wire. Decker is out. Their fourth wide receiver is doubtful. Lots of volume here again. Face Pittsburgh uh, on the road. Jets are on the road. Pittsburgh is a funnel D, so they're not good against the wide or not good against the pass. They're going to invite passing because they're good against the run. This game is a forty-eight point five over under. Lots of points to be had here. So says Vegas. My man. NFL Mock Wheeler pointed out uh, wide receiver ones have really struggled, or uh wide receiver ones have done fairly well thus far against Pitt, but wide receiver twos have really had success. So that's where you might like a noon here. Uh, football Outsiders has Pitt ranked 25th against wide receiver twos. Pitt is a funnel D, as I said, so it should open up the passing. Now, Pittsburgh only have five sacks thus far. Uh two teams have less. That's that's not good. Atlanta and the Giants, they're the two teams with less. Only two teams are allowing more passing yards per game. Whereas on the ground, only three teams are allowing fewer. Thus the funnel D. So I like Inunwa if he's out there in your league. Great play this week just because of the lack of uh available Jets wide receivers. My main play though, my main pick and flick, my official Cole Beasley. Available in 78% of NFL fantasy leagues. He faces Darquez Denard. Um, Denard, according to PFF, they have what's called a wide receiver cornerback matchup chart where they look at the individual cornerback who is likely faced up against the individual running back or uh, wide receiver. According to PFF, the wide receiver cornerback matchup, only Julio Jones has a more favorable matchup than Cole Beasley. Dallas is home to Cincy. Dak Prescott, three touchdowns in the last two weeks. My boy's coming along. He was the uh, preseason darling. Dez, he's listed as questionable. Cole, even if Dez is out there, though, he's going to be a distraction, even if he's questionable, uh, as um, d- the name alone is going to draw attention, is going to demand attention. So it's going to leave Cole open. 65 yards thus far in every single tilt. Cole Beasley, 65 yards. Cincy, who they are facing has already allowed 10 passing touchdowns this season since he ranks 26th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points against quarterbacks. Now, here it is. In PPR, Cole Beasley is getting just over 5 PPR points a week from receptions alone. All right? So you add his floor of 65 yards, which he's gotten in every game, uh, now we're at 11.5 fantasy points. 11.5 is his floor for a guy coming straight off waivers in week five. Yeah, I'm going to take 11 to 12 point floor for sure. He gets in the end zone. Now we're talking wide receiver one territory. That is Mr. Cole Beasley. All right, guys, before we get into DFS, want to remind you, fantasy sports Fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. DFS means no season-long commitments. Just play whenever you want. Pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play. So you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion will be awarded at DraftKings.com this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code PYRO, P. Y R O, as in pyromaniac. All new users to DraftKings are going to de- receive a deposit matching bonus for up to $600. And of course, you also get a free $3 game voucher that's on DraftKings.com. New users use the promo code PYRO. All right, guys, trivia question number three. Here we go. This is a toughie. Up until last week, this tight end only had four targets up until last week this tight end only had two catches yet in week four he ended up being a top 10 PPR tight end can you name this top 10 PPR tight end from last week who's only caught two passes in weeks one through three think about that while you listen to this we'll be back Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. You're listening to the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 48. I am your host, Pyromaniac Mo. And before we took a break, we talked trivia question number three uh, up to last week. So weeks one through three, this tight end only had four targets, caught two of those. But in week four, he ended up being a top 10 tight end. PPR. Who is this man? This man is indeed... C.J. Fedorowicz, he finished last week. uh, Tight end number seven, four receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Now, of course, I list Fedorowicz here as I sneakily, or so I thought, sneakily picked up Eifert. This is my high school league. We've only got a 14-man bench, 12-team league, so lots of guys off the waiver wire. It's, It's very strategic, I think, knowing who to drop and who you can carry. Of course, I thought I was being super cool, super sneaky with Eifert. You know, most people didn't see him because he was dropped early, didn't really have the points. He wasn't popping up. When you looked at available guys, because there was no points to be had, most people see how many points have been scored thus far. He wasn't showing up. So I thought he kind of fell through the cracks. Of course, the fantasy gods were angered with me. He returned his surgically repaired ankle, looking good, and Monday he hurts his back. So we're kind of back to square one, or we're injured again. And when I say the fantasy gods are angry at me, I am not kidding. In that same league, I scored the second... Tell me if you've heard this song before. I've scored the second highest fantasy points of the week, only to lose by less than two. I think it was 1.9 to the guy that scored the most fantasy points in a given week. Damn you, Benz. Damn you to hell. Not that I'm bitter in any way, but I digress. Moving on, talking DFS. Again, guys, if we talk to on DFS, a lot of this can translate. If you can pick them up or play them, go for it. So DFS quarterback, we can review. Again, I'm doing DraftKings here. DraftKings is a little different than everything else. Everybody has different, uh, you know, know your league. We always say that everyone has different scoring, different pricing. With DraftKings, what you're shooting for is 3x value. What does that mean? For every $1,000 a player is worth, you want to score three times that. So let's say a guy's worth $3,000, okay? So $3,000, three times three, you want 3x value, he's going to score nine points. If you do that, your chances are you're going to be in the money. Uh, If you finish with over 150 points, you can start with $50,000, 150 points, 3x value. That should put you in the money. So three is that golden number, okay? My quarterbacks thus far, 2.17 per thousand. So, not doing wonderful, not terrible, not wonderful. Not going to be in the money with a 2.7 per thousand. This week, honestly, I'm torn and I think I'm going to roll two this week. I'm taking number one, Carson Wentz, 7,500 on DraftKings, 6,400. Uh, I'm sorry, 7,500 on FanDuel, 6,400 on DraftKings. I think this is a great, why am I talking to I think this is a great cash play, because I think against the Lions, I just think this man is going to score a decent floor. He has to. The Lions just give it up. Lions rank dead last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points given up to opposing quarterbacks. They are top three in PPR, so they are decent against the run. And, but terrible against the pass so you could almost consider them a funnel d uh they are dead last after you adjust schedule for fantasy points to quarterbacks they are 29th to ppr wide receivers and they are 31st to ppr tight ends again i think you can count them as a uh, funnel d I think I said they're top three. They're in the top third against PPR running backs, in the top third. But like I just said, against passers, 29th to passing quarterbacks, uh, 31st to PPR wide receivers, or uh, 31st to PPR tight ends, and 29th um, to wide receivers. So, again, giving it up to the pass catchers, I... Hate going against the lines, but Carson Wentz could do it. So not only. Is this quarterback going to be able to put up points? Because Carson Wentz has been doing that wherever he looks. These guys are going to be open, right? They're giving the Lions are just giving it up to uh, the quarterback position. They're giving it up to uh, wide receivers, and they are giving it up to the tight end. I kind of bumbled that, but I want to reaffirm they are dead last in schedule adjusted two quarterbacks. The Lions are 29th against PPR wide receivers, and the Lions rank 31st against PPR tight ends. Dead last quarterbacks. 29th wide receivers 31st tight ends so are the lions and that's who Carson Wentz faces Eagles expected to score 24.5 according to Vegas uh this could be a bit of a shootout but I think he's got a solid floor and that's what you're looking for in cash for only 6,400 I think you can get 3x value pretty easily because this defense is so atrocious for GPP for tournament plays, here's soap you're hoping for a higher score. Uh, maybe a bit of contrarian. Maybe not guys are going to go here because I'm taking a visiting player. I'm taking Eli Manning. Talked about him earlier. Or I talked at least about this game earlier that I could see a shootout with Eli keeping up. This is the McAdoo revenge game. Eli, 7,700 on Vandal. He's 6,000 on DraftKings. He's 400 less than Carson Wentz. I think he's a great steal of a deal on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's actually more than Carson Wentz. On DraftKings, he's less. So, steal of a deal for uh, Eli on DraftKings. He's my GPP play. Why? Because I think he could score a lot of points. Faces Green Bay, as I said. This game could easily be a shootout. They're marked for 48 points, according to Vegas. Green Bay's secondary is banged up. Sam Shields, their best cornerback, he's out. I'm going to give you some other names. Goodson, out. Dorlint, out. All three of these guys Shields, Goodson, Dorlint. All three play the right cornerback position. That leaves them with one traditional right cornerback on Roto Wires' um, list of their uh, the depth chart list. Their starting left corner, Demarius Randall. He is questionable. He's been limited in practice all week with the groin. According to PFF. OBJ and Victor Cruz have extremely favorable matchups. We could see the squeaky wheel get the grease in OBJ, and I think he's going to get into the uh, end zone this week finally. Now, we've seen them use their other weapons with regularity. We've seen Cruz come on. We've seen seen Sterling Shepard the Rook be very effective. This is good for Eli. Right, He no longer has to just pepper OBJ, who's still getting the largest uh, target share, over 25%, uh, on the team. Doesn't have to feed him, though. Doesn't have to go all the time to Odell Beckham Jr. We've got other guys out there he can go to. We talked about Will Ty earlier. Uh, and, again, because there's a lack of the running game with a guy like Eli, who historically passes a lot in the red zone, that's going to help you. He has... Uh, all kinds of weapons he can turn to. As I said, OBJ, Victor Cruz, uh, and, of course, the Will tie is there. The Rook is there. And it's that revenge game for McAdoo. I know it's on the road, but, again, McAdoo, he's really pa- uh, helped Eli's quarterback rating, um, helped his uh, percentage, completion percentage. And even though it's on the road, I looked this up, Eli's home road splits are virtually the same. So, I don't fear Eli on the road at all. In 5 career games versus the Packers, he's averaging 2 touchdowns a game and 277 yards per game. I think this could be a great game for Eli. I think it's going to be a shootout. You're hoping it's a shootout, and I really think Sunday night we're going to see a heck of a game. Give me Eli and GPP and give me Carson Wentz in the cash. All right. We can review for running backs. Keep it short and sweet. You're shooting for 3x. After four weeks and four players, I'm at 4.4 per thousand dollars. Doing well with the running backs. Usually spending down at the running back position so I can spend up at other spots like quarterback or wide receiver. Now, this week I'm going to toss out a few names. I'm going to actually pick two guys this week. Jordan Howard, he's a great play. 7,200 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DraftKings. Now the Chicago Bears, they're they're banged up as I said before. Zach Miller, Alshon, Royal, Kadim Carey, all questionable. Royal did not practice Wednesday nor Thursday. Miller did not practice uh, Wednesday was limited Thursday. Alshon limited both Wednesday and Thursday, as was Kadim Carey. Take a look at my video on Saturday mornings. It's going to go over the practice reports and give you Fridays as well. Now Langford of course, is uh, basically out. He's doubtful. So you've got Joho. Jordan Howard is going to be the man. We saw him light it up last week. I think he's going to continue to uh, be a factor in all facets of this offense. In three games, his 4.8 yards per carry last week was his lowest. Again, 4.8 yards per carry on 23 totes last week, and that was his lowest in three games. Indy, favored by five so in schedule adjusted d indy ranks 30th they're favored by five so i think um, this according to the game script uh, you're going to see some passing which jordan howard can certainly do in indy indy can really be got on their defense as i said they uh, ranked 30th versus ppr running backs allowing 33 ppr points per game to the position The Colts have given up six touchdowns to running backs so far this year. Four on the ground and two through the air. The Colts have allowed five different running backs to rack up double-digit PPR points. They've allowed six to score and or go for over 100 yards. The bottom line, with so many weapons in question for Chicago, Joho is not huge volume play here. Huge. A guy I am sticking with. He's had a great season up to the last week, and of course, last week I was talking him up, but blunt. 7,500 on FanDuel, 5,600 on DraftKings. The Patriots, as I said, Vegas loves them. They have the highest implied team total, and expected to score over 28 points. The game itself carries the highest spread, so you got two factors here: highest implied team total, so NFL or Vegas thinks they're going to have the most points out of any NFL team. You also have the fact that Vegas thinks they're going to beat their opponent by 10 points. Talk about a favorable game script for running back. That's it right there. All of this means it should be a Blunt game. Now, I'm going to watch the practice reports because Blunt is indeed questionable, but so is Edelman and Gronk. Now, that could actually help Blunt. If Gronk is still sort of nagging injury and Edelman isn't great to go, Wild Bill thinks long-term, so he might not use those guys as much, might rely more on Blunt because this game should be in the Patriots' hand from the get-go. If Gronk is indeed out, though, or limited, and Edelman is out, that's going to just increase opportunity for Blunt. But even if they go, like I said before, there's only a 0.07% negative correlation if you're playing uh, two positions from the same team. Every time Gronk or Edelman gets a first, just more opportunities for Blunt, so that doesn't scare me. Cleveland. They're giving up nearly 26 PPR points to the position per week. Cleveland already has their nose tackle and their strong side linebacker on IR. Plus, they have three additional defensive guys listed as questionable. Everybody's talking the angry Tom game. Remember, for four games, he wasn't allowed on the facility, so he might not have chemistry just like that stepping back on the field. could t- I know it's Tom Brady. But he is getting up there. Could take him a while to you know, fire on all cylinders. And because it's such, it should be such an easy game, an easy win, I could easily see him relying on Blunt. The other guy I'm going to make official, so I'm officially taking Blunt. I do like Jordan Howard, but I'm officially taking Blunt and Freeman. Now, I got Freeman here with the caveat. 7,400 on FanDuel, 5,000 on DraftKings. Atlanta is visiting Denver. Denver is... By far better against the pass. According to schedule-adjusted fantasy points, Denver is number two versus quarterback. Number one versus wide receiver. Number four versus tight end. But against running backs, number 11 in PPR, 17th in standard. So they're most susceptible to the running back position. Here's the big reason, and here's my caveat. Coleman. Coleman carries the sickle cell trait. Now, this is a genetic blood disorder. It can cause complications in high temperatures or, here's the one, low oxygen environments such as you have at Mile High. Uh, this has prevented other guys from, from playing there and really giving some serious medical problems uh, for those playing at Mile High. For example, Ryan Clark, when he visited Denver when he was with the Steelers, this is back in 2007. He got gravely ill. He, too, had that sickle cell trait. In fact, the episode caused him to have his spleen and his gallbladder removed and was never able to play in Mile High again. Even he had to sit out a, a playoff game. Coleman knows this, and he has stated, and I quote, With my sickle cell, I have no idea if I'll play there. I don't really know how I'll feel or what it'll be like. I've never been to Denver. Now the Falconback goes on to say it does make me scared a little bit, a little bit nervous because I'm risking my life. We will just have to see. We just have to play it smart. So, indeed, if he arrives and this becomes a thing, or if he's even limited in any way, could be big opportunity for Freeman. We're just not gonna know until Coleman gets there. Now Coleman right now is putting up seventeen. Fantasy points per game and PPR, Freeman 15.9. Heck, Coleman week two, 93 rushing yards, uh, 93 total yards, on 17 attempts week three, blew up for 31.7 PPR points, last week 14.4. Now, both backs have certainly been good plays, but owners have been kind of pulling their hair out as to determine which one is going to have the game. Now, obviously, if Atlanta rolls into Denver, sans Coleman, certainly owners won't be calling the hair club for men anytime soon. Uh, It's quite easily, with certainty, they're going to play Freeman if indeed Coleman is out. So when I say I'm taking Blunt and Freeman, Freeman's my caveat. Just got to put that asterisk by it. Follow me on Twitter. Or... Become a Pyro Pro, and we're going to give you the news feeds. All right, wide receiver position, week in review. Through four weeks, I had five players. So one of the weeks, I took two players, as I have been known to do, officially. Not bad. Three X value through four weeks and five players at the wide receiver position. So wide receivers for this week. We've got. A couple I'm going to mention here. Uh, my official, though, is going to be Jordan Matthews. 7,000 on FanDuel, 6,800 on DraftKings. Traveling to Detroit, where the team is expected to score 24.5. That is, Philly is expected to score 24.5. He will uh, mainly be matched up against Quandre Diggs. Diggs is giving up 0. 0.57 fantasy points per route run to opposing wide receivers. That means every two routes... The opposing wide receiver is getting a point. Only two other cornerbacks are allowing more fantasy points per route run through the first four weeks. The Eagles should be prepared for this one. They're coming off a bye week. Detroit is uh, 29th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. I think this could be a great Eagle game. I'm going to talk a little bit more about them later. Carson Wentz was one of my quarterbacks. Jordan Matthews is an official running back pick, or I'm sorry, wide receiver pick for me. I also like OBJ. Talked about him earlier. I really think this is going to be a revenge game for McAdoo. I think this is going to be a Sunday night shootout. OBJ, 8,500 on Fanduel, 8,500 on DraftKings. So you're spending up here, but you can get guys at other positions, particularly running back that you can spend down so you can afford an OBJ. The game itself, you've heard some of this before, 48 points over under. Green Bay is 7-point favorites. So if the Giants are going to be in this, they're going to have to throw early and often. Sam Shields, the Packers' best secondary player, is out yet again. I think we might see the squeaky wheel get the grease here. According to Football Outsiders, there's no team giving up more yards per game to opposing wide receiver ones than Green Bay. Green Bay... This is, again, Football Outsiders, Green Bay, giving up just over 155 yards to opposing wide receiver number ones. That's per game, folks. To put this in perspective, the second highest yards per game, given up to opposing number ones, 117 yards. 117 is the second highest, and Green Bay is giving up 155. So to the same position, Green Bay... My math is a little shaky sometimes, but Green Bay is giving up 155 yards. The second team giving up the most is 117, so it's pretty god-awful. And can't you just see OBJ, who came out and said, I'm not having fun anymore, come out just fierce and light this up. I think the squeaky wheel does get the grease in this case. It's not always the instance, but OBJ, I think he's going to have a day. Brandon Marshall's my other guy I'm going to talk about, 7,600 on FanDuel, 7,100 on DraftKings. Nunwa, do like him, but he was added, as I said earlier, to the questionable list. You're going to want to watch that. Of course, I really like him because Eric Decker is out. Uh, faces the Jets, face Pittsburgh. The Jets are on the road. Pittsburgh, again, a funnel D, far better against the run than they are the pass. This game's going to be a shootout. Nearly 49 points are set to be scored, according to Vegas. Pittsburgh, they only have five sacks thus far. Only two game or two teams. Atlanta and the Giants have less than Pittsburgh's measly five sacks. So I think Fitzpatrick, hopefully, is not going to be flustered, going to have time in the pocket to find him. Pittsburgh, or uh, excuse me, Brandon Marshall, I think, because he's going to be a huge target out there, he's going to be peppered by Fitzpatrick, who's going to have time in the pocket. As I said, Pittsburgh only has five sacks thus far. Only two teams have fewer. Only two teams are allowing more passing yards per game. Whereas on the ground, the Jets, only three teams are allowing fewer rushing yards per game. That's the heart of the funnel D there. Brandon Marshall should be able to take advantage of this. Jordan Matthews is my official, and I also like OBJ and B. Marsh. Tight end, we can review. Through four weeks, uh, I'm doing quite well. Let's see. Through four weeks, I believe I'm averaging 5.2. So, again, anything over uh, 3.0 is what you're shooting for. I'm at 5.2 with my tight ends. Thank you very much. Now, I said I'd talk great. Here's where I'm going to say it. 2,900 on DraftKings. Heck, if you want to, what you talking about, Willis? Here is your what you talking about, Willis. Bate twenty nine hundred on DraftKings, far more on FanDuel. Not a great FanDuel play, five thousand four hundred uh, on DraftKings. The cheapest tight end is going to cost you two thousand five hundred. So for only four hundred bucks more, you can get Cameron Braid. faces Carolina. Carolina's twenty six versus the tight end in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. Carolina allowed four tight end touchdowns in the last three weeks. Now, Mr. Bright 8 targets last week, only 3 tight ends had more, 10 receptions, and 18 targets in the last 2 weeks, in that span, in the last 2 weeks, and this is since uh, ASJ has vacated, or been jettisoned, I should say. In that span, in the last 2 weeks, his 18 targets, only Greg Olson has more. Facing a very susceptible Carolina defense, susceptible to the tight end position, I should say. Winston, we've seen him all the way back to college. He's got a connection with the tight end. Look for bright to continue to get peppered, as he has been in the last two weeks. My official, though, I do like Breit on DraftKings a lot. Official guy, i got to go with uh, Ertz. Here's another Philly guy I like. 5,600 on DraftKings, 3,500 on FanDuel. Faces Detroit, my beloved Lions, but Detroit, they give it up. They just give it up all over the place. Uh, six tight end touchdowns allowed thus far. We've Gosh, we've only played four games, and they've allowed six tight end touchdowns? Again, Detroit ranks 31st, 31st against the tight end position in schedule-adjusted fantasy points. They rank the worst, or I suppose, giving up. The most two quarterbacks? Looks like Detroit is going to be, yet again, without DeAndre Levy and Zeke Anza. Perhaps the most dominant down lineman in Ezekiel Anza. And perhaps the most dominant linebacker in DeAndre Levy. And now you've got Ertz coming. And Ertz, we, we've seen him light it up before. He's been banged up. He is indeed back. I think you could have what I'm going to finally wrap it up here with. Um, is a super stack. Okay, so before I talk uh, my defenses, I want to talk my stack report here. I'm going with the super stacks. I've mentioned all these guys thus far. Carson Wentz, Jordan Matthews, Zackerts. That's my super stack this week. Three guys, one team, you heard it here. I know Coke Driver's going to like that. He is our official resident pyromaniac Philly fan. All right, last position here, folks. Defense, we can review... Getting shooting for three times X defense is is a tough one, man. I'm just over two X, two point zero five X through four weeks. Let's see if we can turn it around here. Two defenses to talk about. Tampa Bay. Now Tampa real cheap four thousand on FanDuel, two thousand four hundred on DraftKings. They face. Most likely, a Cam Newton-less Panthers. In all likelihood, it's going to be Cam Newton-less. According to the Charlotte Observer, they say he is likely to be out. Uh, We're going to have to see on that, but Charlotte Observer says likely to be out is Cam Newton. Now, keep in mind, this is a Monday night game, so you might have to make some calls before we get the official word. While Tampa is a middle-of-the-road fantasy D, they've scored points. Fantasy-wise, in DraftKings, only four teams have allowed more opposing defenses to score more than Carolina. Carolina will trot out an aging Derrick Anderson, most likely, who has been fantasy-relevant, but that was ages ago. Uh, at this point, you know, he's heading into the twilight of his career. He has a nearly 1-to-1 TD interception ratio, 60-to-57. So, again, I like the Tampa play. As long as Cam Newton is out, we probably won't know uh, by the time you're going to need it. But, of course, for Fan or uh, DraftKings, you might be able to do the late switch. FanDuel, you can't. Um, DraftKings, you can't. So if you want to plug the defensive in, maybe wait, kind of see. And if worse comes to worse, you can start a uh, 4 o'clock Eastern game. FanDuel does not do the late switch. But my official pick, got to go with the Patriots here. How can you not? They are a bit more expensive. 4800 on FanDuel, 3700 on DraftKings. But, heck, I'm going to go with it. They're facing an in inept Cleveland team. Talked about this one already. Patriots double-digit favorites. Largest spread of the week. that should invite a dangerously negative script for Miami as they're just flat out going to need to pass. This should increase uh, your opportunity to score, right? Tom, angry Tom is back. He's going to be passing. They're going to run up the score as they've been known to do. Lots of opportunity for Patriots because if they want to stay in this, if Cleveland wants to stay in this, they're going to have to put down the throttle and go. And I think Patriots can capitalize. Remember, last year, 50% of defensive scoring came from interceptions and sacks. Cleveland is passing um, the majority of the game. You have to think they're going to. Lots of opportunities for sacks and interceptions. Cleveland only expected to score 18 points. Uh, they are the bottom seven for quarterback ranking, and they're giving up 11 sacks. Only six teams have allowed more, thus the Patriots. You gotta like them this week. Okay, guys, that is a wrap. That was episode 48 of the PyroLite Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay tuned next week, as we should have, I believe, Louie Mack is coming. Back to join me for episode 49. Get those reviews in now. We're going to tell you next week what our next um, latest and greatest incentive is. For you to leave the reviews, send them on over to mozambique at pyromaniac.com. The email is listed on my Twitter account, at pyromaniacmo. Of course, uh, stay tuned. We've got the the complete word singing joyful sounds and of course we're gonna see you next time i'm gonna catch you on the flip side on the pyro light fantasy football podcast